Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, it's time for below grade level. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Below Grade Level, the show where we take the books that we've read as kids and read them as adults and ruin them. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Eaton. With me, as always, are Becky Eaton. Hello. And Chris Lesky. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. How, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm excited to read this, honestly. And, uh, and we don't have a guest. It's just the three of us. So we don't got to fuck around talking to someone before we start <laughs> reading. Um, except each other. Except each other. Um, so last time, we're reading The Eternal Enemy by Christopher Pike. Uh, this book, this is the best book we've ever read. Um, it's got everything. Future telling VCRs. Robots. <laughs> aliens. That's it. Uh, possible aliens. Possible aliens. Yeah. Body Teen horror. romance. Circuit City. Um yeah, last time on on uh, the Eternal Enemy, our main <laughs> character Rayla. Um, uh, okay, I, I forgot about this until I was like thinking about it. I was like, "What would happen last time?" So the the start of what happened last time was she was like, "I'm going to use this future telling VCR to try and change the future" because she saw a thing on the news about like a bunch of window washers falling to their death, and the way she did that was to fly to San Francisco. Uh, con her way up to the roof of a building, get one single window washer up onto the roof, bludgeon them unconscious with a flashlight, <laughs> and then nothing else, and then the other three fell to their death. So she saved one person, three people still died. Um, then a guy was following her around. Before the guy was following her around, she saw a report on the news that she died. And she was like, oh, God. And then she saw, started seeing a guy follow around, the guy from the cover of the book. Um, and then she got Christopher involved in her mess. And then I think the news report changed to that Christopher died. Yeah. She was like, oh, no. And then the guy shows no, up. And my like moon at and her stars. house. At her house, yeah. Yeah, she was dead at her house. And then she brought Christopher to her house. And she was like, oh, no, it's all my fault. It's, he's going to be here and, and Christopher's going to die. And then we're like a... We're not even like... Two thirds of the way through the book, we're a little more than halfway what through the, the book. Fuck. Then this happened. The guy that shows up is like, "Hey, you know what's going on?" She's like, "No, I don't." And he's like, "Yeah, you do. Search your feelings, etc." Um, <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I know." And he's like, "Yeah, you're a fucking robot. <laughs> you are a robot <laughs> whose then, name is Rayla." Did she like cut herself down to some wires? Oh in her yeah. When she, when she cut her finger, he like ripped her finger off of just wires underneath. <laughs> Becca, what's R Rayla stand for? It stands for Robotic Experimentation <laughs> Logistical Algorithm. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. And the guy's her grandfather. Wait, let me let me look at that again. Yeah. I said the words and didn't comprehend them. Uh-huh. Robotic Experimentation <laughs> Logistical Algorithm. It's like Marilyn so is the So she sounds like a, like a fucking... Like calculator or computer running program. Yeah, but in like so a an experimental logistical <laughs> algorithm. It, it just sounds like she's like computing numbers and shit. Yeah, that does. It's probably why she doesn't well, understand she how is. to be a, a robot, a, a human girl. And she's just like, I like cookies and boys and movies. 
That is what they're talking sense. about. Like, not liking math, or am I remembering that wrong? I don't know. I feel like there were a lot of hints that she was a robot through this whole thing. Like well, I remember, it, it how makes sense that she was. her problem-solving skills of just like, how do I get her to not go back onto the window washer lift? Oh, I'll just hit her over the head. Yeah. Well, like, and uh, it, it checks out that she's a dumb robot. <laughs> we were like joking before, like that part. That part in one of the earlier episodes when. Christopher was like, how do you like your popcorn? And she was like, plain. Just like a robot would like it. They wouldn't want butter <laughs> or anything on it. They would just be like, plain popcorn. Well, and also when she cut herself she like react. to the bone, basically. <laughs> yeah. And didn't react and still drove to fucking Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Rayla's a robot. So does she feel pain at all? I don't she know. She does, because, well, she well, felt that thing fry her brain. Circuits. Yeah, but that's probably because it's like putting a magnet on a TV. Yeah. She was probably like, Maybe oh, they should fuck. Just, can they just put a magnet on that VCR? That doesn't work, mm. right? No. I don't know. It might. It would, no, it would fuck you up kill, a tape. You kill robots by getting yeah, them wet. I, I realized it was stupid when I said it. Yeah, just throw it in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to be like, so just get her really horny. Ew. <laughs> I put <Gross>. the VCR. <laughs> She's she's been horny for Christopher this entire That's true. time she and is, is still alive. She is a very horny robot. Okay. Okay, let's fucking get into it because I cannot wait to see <laughs> why Where she's a robot. Where it goes from here. And the guy's her grandfather. The last chapter ended with with her remembering everything, just like Letty at the end of Fast and Furious 7. And <laughs> she says <laughs> she says, Yes, grandfather, it was you who named me. Oh, God. Okay. And wasn't uh, he all, sorry, wasn't he also basically like, you know you have to die, right? I think so. I think so. For some fucking reason that we don't know. And he was able to, like, control all the lights in her house. I don't know what the fuck his deal is. Alien. Alien. Oh, fuck. Okay. Chapter 13. (laughs) I was born in the year 2036 in a city that was known as Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. This is already great. Oh, this is time so, travel. This is so good. Oh, my God. Time traveling robot oh, alien. God, that's Give good. me your claws. Guys, that's 13 years from now. It could still happen. <sighs> my family was relatively well-to-do for the times. And when I was five, they were able to move out of the city, away from the smog. <laughs> you know that dragon? We went uh-huh. north of San Francisco to a little town called Humboldt. smog. That's how they say it in L.A. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up there in what was left of the redwood forest. The ocean water there, my mother told me, was special. We could walk freely among the sh- along the shore without special protection. <laughs> Honestly, though, like that is what it's going to be like in thirteen years. In time, I, I would like be... it's so picked on by stuff. Oh my god! In especially future. in the nineties. Yeah, just, like the people smog. really thought L.A. was going to fucking just collapse. Yeah. People really thought the smog was going to be the thing. Smog and gangs. They were just yeah. like ready to give L.A. up. You have one race riot and yeah. you just get written off by the whole country. <laughs> well, we know that living in Baltimore. But yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 We could walk freely along the shore without special protection. In time, I would be able to swim in it. And that was something I longed to do. Huge purifying plants had been built. Uh, my mother explained, to clean the ocean and return it to the way it had been before men polluted it. 
old men. You're always fucking shit up. Often, between my sixth year and my tenth, my grandfather would come to visit us. He was famous, a Nobel Prize winner, but he always bought, brought me toys and called me his favorite girl. So she has to live in a forest and mm-hmm. they can't go in the ocean, but they're still giving out Nobel Prizes. <laughs> <laughs> what are the fucking priorities? That's a great point. Um, he always called me his favorite girl, which was good with me, even though I knew I was his only grandchild. Especially prized by me were the dolls he gave me. They could walk, talk, eat, just like Megan. Do many things that I commanded, Matugan. just like Megan. He built them himself in his laboratory. The government didn't know everything he did there. No one did, not even my mother. Grandfather called himself Saint Nick because he liked to think of himself as Santa Claus. That was his ego speaking, I was told. As a 10-year-old, but whatever it was, he was like Santa to me, and he loved to spend time with me, talking about the stars, the trees, the sea. He taught me to play the piano, which he played wonderfully, and we'd go for long hikes into the hills in the morning and evening. Once he told me, I reminded him of a girl he knew when he was young, but he never said the girl's name, and his voice was sad when he spoke of her. I wondered if she had been his wife. I hope not. My mother's mother, for I knew she had died not long after my mother was born. My mother told me it wasn't so, and she did not know the girl's name either. This is... What? Wow. I always I forget how hard it is to read from her perspective. Oh, it is so fucking crazy. Then my grandfather left and didn't come back for a few years, although he called occasionally, always at holidays and on my birthday, and spoke to me. He also sent gifts, but they were from the stores and didn't compare to the dolls he made in his lab. When we spoke, he never told me what he was working on except to say that it was very important. I grew into a teenager and good and bad things happened in the world, <laughs> mainly bad. There was a war in Europe and nuclear bombs were used and many people died. And the news said Europe was like the Middle East, which was already a radioactive wasteland. Wow. But the war ended quickly. It's starting to be less funny. How did... Okay, I don't know. We're not even going to fucking get into <laughs> nukes right now. But the war ended quickly and most scientists believed little radiation would drift to our part of the globe. The reconstruction of Europe began slowly. This is, this is so crazy. The economy. Of, <laughs> just trying to think of a world where you could just nuke Europe a little and everyone's mostly fine. Yeah. Fucking what? The economy of the United American countries plunged into depression. <laughs> and 30% of all people lost their jobs. It was America and Puerto Rico. They finally got a state. <laughs> Food lines were everywhere, and the farmers in the middle of the continent had little uncontaminated land to cultivate. Much of the food they did grow was contaminated, too, and people began to catch new strains of viruses that were resistant to medicine. Okay, cut, stop it, Christopher Pike. You <laughs> finally, fucking witch doctor. <laughs> finally, there was an explosion at our lunar colony. At our lunar colony, and in one blow, the entire colony was wiped out. The government said it would give up on space travel for the remainder of the century. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty... Wow, for like fucking 60 more years, you're not going to bother? You have one explosion, you're like, that's it, no more moon. Let's put it off until next century. (laughs) These catastrophes touched my family only slightly. My father kept his job as an engineer at a factory that was developing new types of plastic. 
Oh, I guess they didn't learn about that. They, yeah. didn't, they, they didn't know. <laughs> and we had money to buy black market food. Better than that was, was available in the government stores. I suspected, although I was never told and never had the nerve to ask, that my father's income was supplemented by checks from my grandfather. What do you think black market food is in, like, the near apocalypse? Like, strawberries? Cheez-Its. <laughs> Cheez-Its? <laughs> Better cheddars? Yeah, like, would it be fresh food or would it be, like, ramen but, like, the spicy like, kind? Like Twinkies. Yeah, <laughs> spicy guy. It's like, oh wait, I I, I got to hook up on chicken flavored ramen. It would be yeah. like like choco tacos. <laughs> people people probably would pay a lot of money One for choco tacos banana. right now. What? The single good thing to emerge from these times was a worldwide humanitarian agency similar to the United Nations, but smaller and more influential in its scope. It was called New Life, and at its core was a group of dedicated men and women willing to tackle the problems of the world to make them better. The new lifers were suddenly everywhere, in all sections of society, recruiting volunteers and soliciting money to rebuild humanity. They met with immediate success wherever they went. For example, they're scientists. They had assembled a team of the most brilliant, tackled the problem of pesticide toxicity, and in three short years discovered chemicals that would counteract the effects of decades of abuse from soil additives. New Life took small African nations that had been bankrupt since the day their constitutions were signed and got them back on sound financial footing. We're doing some heavy world building in chapter 13. <laughs> in the middle of the book. Fuck. Kids all, book. Kids book. Kids book. Of all the places in the world, Africa accepted New Life's aid the quickest and benefited the most. It was not long before the rest of the world turned to this remarkable agency for inspiration. But what exactly was this organization? Some might call it an umbrella. Academy. Organization. Oh, I was saying organization. Like, oh, like right. The Sorry. The media debated the question endlessly. They could be superheroes. You don't. They know. could be superheroes. They could be superheroes, or they could be zombie scientists, or aliens, or aliens. The media debated the question endlessly. On the surface, uh, on the surface, new life was simply thousands of people helping other people, but its center was mysterious, like a. Yes. I don't know. I drew a blank. I was trying to think of like a food with a, like a oh, gusher. Like, like a, a box gusher. of Valentine's Day chocolates with no guide as to what is each flavor. Ooh, Chris's was good. That is good. You know what's in a gusher. Gusher juice. I think that's what so the gross. river Willy Wonka's tastes like. Gusher, gusher juice? juice? Ooh. Yeah. It'd be so viscous. Yeah. Oh, um, you remember Kool-Aid bursts? Oh, hell yeah. Weren't those just gushers? Kinda. Yeah. But no, but they were uh it was like bottled Kool-Aid, but it was like in like waxy plastic bottles. Oh, and you would like twist the top off? Yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Sugar water. And and, and you would just like down them in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, because they were this big. They had a little plastic <laughs> hole at the top and you could like suction it to your tongue. Uh-huh. Being a kid was fun. That's fun. Um, You're so old now. I know. Oh, my back. My bones. Its <laughs> center was mysterious. Like a box of Valentine's chocolate with no guide to tell you what's in each one. That's a really good joke, Jonathan. Nailed it. Its board, <laughs> its board of directors had to be made up of extraordinarily wealthy and intelligent people. Yet these people, for the most part, chose to re remain anonymous. 
On the other hand, and this was the paradox, the same group seemed to be able to influence whole governments to bend to New Life's own particular vision of what should be done next. It's not like this is just what the fucking what everything is now. Like this is New Life is kind of giving me or this whole thing is kind of giving me Mad Adam vibes, but yeah. like a thousand times worse, obviously. Yeah. But similar. Yeah. Uh, it sounded dangerous, ominous, uh, but it wasn't because New Life's intervention was always positive, but it wasn't. But it wasn't because New Life's intervention was always positive. That's a confusing sentence. Also, there was the fact that New Life had no single leader, and this allayed many of the world's government's worst fears. It wasn't as if too much power could be concentrated in one person. Fuck. Or so it seems. I don't know. I didn't comprehend. This is good. This is like, I loved this at first, and now I'm like, (laughs) is this the rest of the book going to be this? Or so it seemed until I was 18 years old and my grandfather suddenly showed up at our doorstep. He had aged 20 years in eight. His hair was now entirely white, like Leland Palmer's, what little (laughs) left of it there was. He had never been a solidly built man, burn, but now he was emaciated. Double burn. (laughs) The biggest change, though, was in his eyes. He had Betty Davis eyes. They had always been so forceful, so full of possibility and now they looked like burned out video tubes he had come to the house one afternoon when my parents were out and slumped down on the couch beside me and smiled and asked how I was doing I told him I was fine and put my hand on his lined forehead you know how you touch your grandfather yeah it was then he began to shake and his eyes brim full of tears he did not in that one afternoon tell me everything about his involvement with new life and he was to spend the next six weeks at our house, slowly recovering his health. During that time, I would come to understand why the new hope of mankind was in reality its most deadly foe. (laughs) The revelations came out of him in the form of several long dialogues we had during his recovery, most of them late at night in the makeshift room my my mother had put together for him in our basement. Like recovery from exhaustion? I guess. It may sound strange that he would confide in me rather than his own daughter. My grandfather had not seen me in eight years, yet he knew me. His genes had passed undiluted into me. (laughs) I don't like that sentence. Gross! I knew I had his intelligence, his creativity. Yet I think perhaps he also understood that I did not suffer his same fears. Our first talk was a week after he came back home. He spoke to me of his first love, physics... Wait, is that like... His first love, physics, physics, or his first love, and then also physics. I imagine it was... Well, there's the comma there, so... Wait, his first... Well, yeah, but I would put that comma there in either That's true, scenario. that works either way. Like, as a list of things, or as a his first love, physics. Like, it could be a colon if, it, if his first love was physics. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and a search for the ultimate theory. What does that fucking mean? Einstein was working on a unified field theory when he died, he said. I'm sure you've read about it in your history and science books, Sarah. Many scientists have worked on it since, but none with complete success. There are four basic forces in nature. Electromagnetic forces, weak nuclear forces, strong nuclear forces, and gravitation. Uh, Two of those sound like the same. I don't, I've never heard that before. And I'm not a scientist, guys. What? But... I don't know if that's true. But you wear glasses. I know, right? I could walk into any lab. 
<laughs> and just like dip my finger in stuff. And they'd and be, be like, like, hello, doctor. <laughs> yeah. I walk into, just like this, walk into any lab. Dip your finger in And I'm just like, how's that magnet coming? And they're like, ah, uh, it's almost ready. I can see you dipping your finger in something and then pulling it out and it's just bone. And then you trying to cover and be like, yeah. yep, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Yeah. If you need me, I'll be in the bathroom. Uh, good <laughs> work, Jenkins. Blowing on it. And walk away going, wow, 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 wow. Of the four, gravitation has always been the most difficult to define in relation to the others. I believe that's because it's the most fundamental. What? I don't know. What? Consider how the galaxies and stars and planets were formed. No, don't go on another thing, Rayla. No, we're going to talk about huge clouds of gas now. No. There were huge clouds of gas flowing everywhere, but it was gravity that pulled them together, made them into something that gave rise to other forces. <laughs> without gravity there would have been no nuclear fusion, oh, and without that, like no stars would have lit up the vast reaches of space. I think space. he's doing Carl Sagan. I'm doing, I'm doing Neil deGrasse like Tyson. Oh. <laughs> Sound more pretentious. Sound more like uh, well, Kermit. <laughs> it is fusion that produces light. <laughs> and light that creates the thermodynamics of all systems. All chemical reactions on I this planet this can be traced Hell back yeah. to gravity. The same with life itself. You know, this want- could be on old school Sesame Street. <laughs> I just imagine I'm, Kermit like explaining something like, <laughs> and that's how planets are made. Gently, <laughs> I wanted to develop the ultimate unified f- field theory that explains how everything is related to everything else. I believed in ignorance or with insight that I was destined to discover it, but in time, with failure upon failure, I came to the conclusion that no such theory could be propounded, considering our limited observations into the structure of matter. You might find that statement odd. I was a world-famous scientist. I had at my disposal the largest and most powerful atom accelerators, computers, telescopes, whatever, to prove or disprove my theory that I could put forward. You sounded like a Baltimore Kermit for a second. You're like, (laughs) telescopes. (laughs) Yet I soon felt these instruments were useless in my search for truth. When the scientific age gone... (laughs) I'm getting tired of reading this. It's fine. It's going on for so long. When the scientific age dawned, we began to probe matter to discover what it was made of. Quickly, we learned there were molecules, and that oh, these yeah, molecules the were made up of that. atoms. Just like clear, just be like, <clears throat> sorry, the frog in my throat. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <clears throat> you can do it, and John can edit it. Although we no, all know not. he won't. I'm not going to edit this. Then we discovered that atoms were comprised of electrons and protons and neutrons, and then inside these were other subatomic particles, mesons, quarks, and so on. We kept developing more. Yeah, I know. We saw Quantumania. Right. I feel like I'm in an Ant Man movie right now. (laughs) (laughs) But no no matter what level we uncovered, there was always a level beneath it. Yeah, it's called the Quantum Zone or whatever. What's it called? Uh, The Quantum Realm. Quantum Realm. Who was to say, I thought one day that there was not an endless succession of layers. And that one day we would find Kang. (laughs) (laughs) I was primarily a physicist, but I was intrigued by a... He's a grandfather. By a substance (laughs) that no physicist of my time was studying. I think he's Christopher. Thought. Oh, yeah. Ew. No. Ew, no. She kissed him. Right on his mouth. He did oh, remind her of his first of love. 
Dude, <gasps> man, it doesn't count if it's a robot version of your granddaughter. Ew, oh, it's, that, it's not incest if she's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Stepbot? There's got to be someone on the internet somewhere that believes that. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> what? Uh, okay. Uh, intrigued by a substance that no physicist of my time was studying. Thought. No one was studying thought. It was crazy. <laughs> what thought was made of? It had to be made of something, I reasoned. We all experienced it. We talked about it endlessly. Our entire civilization was a result of thought. Y yet most physicists would have said thought was nothing, that it didn't exist in a quantitative fashion. Yet my thoughts of thought would not <laughs> leave me, and I turned my, uh, my full attention, or thoughts, if you will, to the enigma of its origin, the origin of thought. Why did I commit to this voice? <clears throat> You can give up. I began to examine the brain in earnest. Now he's just ripping off Kurt Vonnegut. Now this is just Sirens of Titan. Oh, God. <laughs> what I discovered was that for all the progress neurology and related disciplines had made in mapping which parts of the brain affected which expressions of thought, emotions such as anger and lust, granddaughter, <laughs> decision-making capacities, and, and so forth. Uh, no. I'm pretty sure that shit exists. What? Now. Yeah. I mean, like mapping. they can map parts of the, your brain that are activated when you yeah. experience different feelings. Isn't that just a... Like, you just had to... Uh, I don't know. What year was this? I guess they just had to wait, like, a decade or so. Isn't a... I mean, it's not all... Cat, like, CAT scan? Like, can't you... Can't they do that if you're in a CAT scan? Like, you think of something and they can see what the parts of your brain that I don't know specifically... Like, I, I just don't know specifically because yeah. I'm not a scientist. Oh, but I do but know they do that shit where they're like, this But you is, have glasses, too. I know. Uh, no, it's a crime. <laughs> but it's like, this one's like, bloop, 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 yeah. when you're angry. And this one's like, bloop, 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 you're like, when you're happy. You're like, I'm horny. Bling, 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 bling. I'm hungry. Bling, 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 bling. It's different. <laughs> and they all make those noises. Yeah. It's, it's a cacophony in there. <laughs> Where was I? Lust. <clears throat> Decision-making capacities and so forth. No one had explained. No one had explained what a thought was, and no one knew if thought had anything to do with the external environment. Oh, this was an important issue to me. Did thought affect matter? Does matter? Does thought matter? Could it? I sought in vain to find one psychic <laughs> who could bend a spoon right in front of me. Uh, like in the Matrix. The more I explored, the more it seemed that there was the universe out there and our dreams locked up in here and never the two should directly meet. Emphasis on directly. I emphasized the word directly. Oops. Because obviously our thoughts... Whoa, that's in the book. What? <laughs> I thought you were saying that and I was like, it's a book, Jonathan. Sometimes they emphasize words. <laughs> because obviously our thoughts had changed our planet. Fuck. And not always, or even usually, for the better. But could thought touch a tree? Jesus Christ. Could thought touch an atom? I wondered. I thought. I a thought Christopher oh Pike God, had, like, talking. an editor. <laughs> you, you thought you, wrong. You, ah! <laughs> a new area of science began to make itself strongly felt at this time. It was called genetic techno-engineering, or, or more simply, GTE. Oh, good. I get to say GTE 500 times on this page. Oh, God. 
It was an offshoot of genetic engineering itself. I'm going to drink every time I say GTE. You're going to die. <laughs> There's so many it's of fine. them on that page. Which, as you know, experiments with life on the cellular level. GTE <laughs> operated in a bit. similar fashion, but was dedicated to fusing biology and engineering. A student of GTE... All right, I won't do it. That's annoying. <laughs> would ask the question... Why should we just splice one gene to another? Why don't we stir in a few microchips? I think it would be safe to say GTE was the first attempt at merging the living and the non-living. The entire subject fascinated me, and I pursued it along with all my other interests. But I didn't get any further with GTE than other enthusiastic amateur than any other enthusiastic amateur might have until I met a man by the name of Arthur Hapshaw. He was probably the leading GTE man until 10 years ago. Good he to know. <laughs> he had successfully combined a crystalline computer chip with the genetic material of a monkey's fertilized egg in a test tube. I am saying the fetus of the monkey... I cyber monkey! <laughs> I am saying the fetus of the monkey was being grown in an artificial womb and that the microchip was directing the development. I see you are interested, Sarah, in how the baby monkey turned out. <laughs> I am adding nothing. I would like to see the Let baby <laughs> robot monkey. Let me just say this. That monkey could beat most girls your age at a game of checkers. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> it's a smart baby monkey. That's one smart baby monkey. Hapshaw had a... <laughs> I <laughs> think my brain's melting. I'm kind of glad we don't have a guest for this episode. It's, this would be yeah. quite a lot for someone to jump into yeah. who has not been there oh on the whole God. ride with us. This would be impossible. <laughs> Hapshaw had improved one species of life by direct microtechnology intervention. You've probably already guessed the next step he wanted to take, to experiment on a human fetus. Fortunately or unfortunately, the government would not allow him that freedom of action, so Frankenstein's monster was never born in Hapshaw's laboratory. Yet he had opened a door with his success. He had discovered that technology could directly affect intelligence and therefore thought itself. The government did give him permission to begin experiments on brain-dead patients. I just was, I'm just picturing like this entire time Rayla slash Sarah is just sitting there with her hand on his head. Like, <laughs> she hasn't I, removed it. I had no idea that this is going to be this long. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, what's wrong, Grandpa? And well, then, she did, did say he it was... Up, like half dead? Shouldn't he be fucking resting? <laughs> well, she said that she... That she heard all this over, the, over like, the six weeks that he was staying. Oh, right, right. I He's guess. convalescing. Okay. <clears throat> These were people, I am sure you can imagine their sorry state who had been in accidents that had destroyed their higher brain functions but left them alive. You know, vegetables. Hapshaw cultured human brain tissue in test tubes and introduced his microchips on the cellular level to try to boost the energy and reproductive capabilities of the cells. He met with rapid success. So there success. are zombies now. <clears throat> ah. Yeah. Techno zombies. <laughs> Soon he was injecting the tissue samples directly into the cerebral cortices. Cortices? Cortices. Cortices. Cortici. Let's say cortexes. <laughs> um, of patients who had been comatose for years. None of this is correct, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> then a miracle occurred. One of these patients woke up and began to speak. Then another, and another. And what they said As was, brains! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they said batteries. Ah, uh, yes. 
I see I have 100% of your attention now, Sarah. I can guess what you're thinking. Did the people who awoke become superhuman I'm thinking machines? I'm imagining she keeps nodding off and then she hears her name and she's like, <laughs> Sarah. She's making a sandwich. She's like, what? I'm not done my story, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> No, in fact, most of them remain somewhat slow, although a few regained normal mental capabilities. That shouldn't surprise you, and it didn't surprise us. Oh, I forgot to mention that by this time, I was working full-time with Hapshaw. Yep, good old Hap. Yes, it was a switch for me from physics to GTE, but, you know, I always was interested in anything and everything, and I don't think I'd be bragging to say that I have the equivalent of a doctorate in both chemistry and biology, as well as in computer engineering. Do you, or are you just saying that? (laughs) From the University of Guadalajara. University of Phoenix Online. (laughs) (laughs) You went to Strayer. Sarah Lawrence. (laughs) Anyway... We had only attempted to stimulate damaged areas of the brain with our new technology. We hadn't yet attempted to boost the brain as a whole. We couldn't do that, we thought. We would never get permission to do that, even on comatose patients. Who could guess what the effect would be? But we were certainly curious. We would talk excitedly about it late at night. Holding each other's hands. I love that you've like turned his voice into like the old man, but he's like, Hey, listen here, see, I got a story for you. <laughs> What if we did flood a normal functioning human brain with brain tissue that had been boosted in its capabilities by the introduction of microchips into the chains of DNA? Did you follow all that? The possibilities seemed endless. Too seductive. Hapshaw tried it on himself first. The experiment was inevitable, I think, for any true scientist to make. He didn't tell me what he was doing, of course, but I had my suspicions. Oh, yes. I guess that's why I wasn't surprised when I came in late one night to work and found his body lying there on the floor of our laboratory. What happened to him? I asked, finally interrupting. (laughs) My grandfather sighed. (laughs) Oh, he had shot himself in the head with a revolver. Oh, God. (laughs) I was horrified. Why? I don't think she's a robot yet. I, oh, yeah, you're right. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I just realized. She's just a teen girl living in the. Fucking Redwood Forest. Yeah, in the future. The grandfather's voice is, um, what's that fucking, what's the guy from Adventure Time? The, oh. <laughs> I'll just stand here with my defenses. Oh, Starchy. Starchy. <laughs> yeah. I knew I was with doing something. Turned, yeah, if, if, if my back turned, my defense is lowered. <laughs> Yay. My grandfather shrugged. He had left a suicide note. It was the only. It was only one sentence long. It read, "It's all empty inside." He was referring <laughs> to what he had seen in his heightened state. I guess Hapshaw didn't enjoy solitude. <laughs> I waited for. Jesus I waited. <laughs> God, I got stuck in it. <laughs> I waited for my grandfather to continue. When he didn't, I asked the question I knew he was waiting for me to ask. Did you try to boost your own brain? Yes. What happened? Many things. Tell me. <laughs> He sighed again. Oh, words cannot explain it. Right, please. He was weary by this time. Oh, maybe tomorrow. Thank <laughs> fucking Christ, this monologue has ended. <laughs> no, it's oh, not. No, it it's, it's continues tomorrow. He didn't talk about what had happened until a month later. By then, his health was improved and he had gained weight. Once more, we were alone late at night in his room. Mm. I want you to have a clear idea. <laughs> 
and want you to have a clear idea of what I did to myself because it will be impossible for me to give you a precise idea of its effect. Do you do you really need to tell your granddaughter about this? <sighs> it, ju- it seems inappropriate. I removed cells from my brain with the aid of a special syringe. I then cultured those cells in a test tube so that they lived long enough for me to perform microsurgery on them and tag on millions of molecular computer chips to the DNA of the cells. They're called nanobots. As you know, (laughs) DNA controls the functioning of each cell in our body. Essentially, these microchips were telling the DNA to work harder and longer. That is a gross simplification, but I cannot say it any better without getting bogged down in complicated GTE terminology. (laughs) I had Hapshaw's own notes to draw from. And although he had ended up committing suicide after experimenting, I wasn't afraid to follow in his footsteps. I believed Hapshaw had killed himself because his glimpse at a higher reality had shattered his expectations, whereas I had no expectations. Did I mention that Hapshaw had been a devout Buddhist? No. I guess not. No. To this day, I don't know if that mattered. Wait. I'm not adding any of what this. What the fuck? I didn't believe that the boosted brain cells had harmed Hapshaw physically. <laughs> I wouldn't have experimented on myself. <laughs> Arthur Hapshaw, renowned Buddhist. <laughs> I'm guessing, I guess I'm saying I believed he went nuts simply because he was a str- Jesus, don't fucking shame him. God damn. He some, went nuts because he wasn't strong enough emotionally. Have Fuck some respect you, for the dead, Grandpa. I had already been through a lot in life, I thought, especially since your grandmother died. I felt I was strong. So you're fucking, like, dead inside emotionally? Yeah. And you're gonna shame him? Whatever. I'm a widower. I can take it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in God. <laughs> I finally gave myself the shot of enhanced brain cells. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be brain juice. What a, <clears throat> what a rush. Brain juice. Remember that what scene in there? Hackers when it just like yeah. went into the computer city? That's what it looked like. <laughs> what happened at first was nothing. I went home and enjoyed a perfectly good night's sleep. The only thing different was that I dreamed of my childhood a lot, particularly of one girl I knew. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Probably not important. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt just the same as what I want to say. But that was to be expected. The cells had to begin to function with my other brain cells and to multiply. That took some time, at least a week. I don't know. I don't really remember. Then I did begin to notice changes in perception. Forgive me ahead of time, please. My subsequent experiences will sound like those of someone under the influence of a hallucinogenic drug, which I was on but did not affect what was actually happening. I'd be in my lab eating a cheese sandwich, as you know, and I'd notice how incredibly delightful the taste of cheese was. The texture of the bread in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) The texture of the bread in my mouth. I was in my lab eating a cheese sandwich. (laughs) I don't know. It's so funny. Oh god. (laughs) The texture of the bread in my mouth would absorb my entire attention. Then I would feel the butter as it melted in my mouth. Ew. Butter and butter and cheese sandwich. And slid down my throat into my belly. I guess I didn't have a lot of food options in 2036. <laughs> and I guess not. It literally says slid down my throat into my belly. Oh, God. The I butter lubricated it. It slid right down. inside my body. And know how my individual organs were responding to what I had just taken Ew. in. It was gross. This I saw my poop. Silly. I saw my poop right from the start. <laughs> I wrote it all the way down, Sarah. <laughs> 
This will sound silly, but it seemed as if each organ in my body, my stomach and gallbladder and liver, had its own feeling about what I was having for lunch. I am saying my entire central nervous system became incredibly sensitive. That was only the beginning. Then yeah, welcome the to having an anxiety disorder. <laughs> From that point on, I was, changes... like, I was having orgasms every second. <laughs> From that point on, the changes increased dramatically. I began to know things the five senses could not possibly have told me. For example, I would stare at a piece of wood that would steadily expand in my vision as if I were exploring it under a wide field microscope. I could detect the actual molecular structures that made up the wood. Now we know that it is a physical impossibility. The human eye cannot resolve such tiny dimensions under any circumstances. <laughs> at first, I assumed. Speechless. <laughs> I, yeah. At first, I assumed I was hallucinating. But then I would have an assistant examine the wood under an electron microscope, and he would report back to me the arrangement of the molecules that I had already seen. Obviously, I wasn't seeing these things with my eyes. Another area of perception was at work here. There was n now something in me, something in my heightened level of brain functioning, and something in the piece of wood that had connected. I asked myself, could it be that this something had always been there, but I had never had the equipment to detect it? Do you see what I was do? Do, do you see what I was doing, Sarah? I, I was asking <laughs> and simultaneously answering one of the original questions that had plagued me my entire life. This something was thought. Somehow my thought was connected to the piece of wood. Yes, the wood. No thoughts of yet. The wood had no thoughts of its own. <laughs> I don't understand. We all interrupted. <clears throat> I can understand your confusion. This is where words begin to fail. Let me try a different approach. I'm going to dance. <laughs> My improved brain was allowing me to see deep into the structure of matter, deep into the fact that modern instruments would allow. Deeper, deeper, in fact, than modern instruments would allow. God. Uh, Take a breath. No. The reason that I was, was that I was using a more subtle instrument to do my exploring. I was using thought itself. Thought was so refined that it had never been recorded on a photographic plate. Never been... That's not true. Uh, people have thought before and affected uh, photographic plates. It was in the X-Files, but it's actually, it's true. Okay, is it true or was it in the X-Files? It was in the X-Files, but a lot of the shit that, a lot of the shit that Mulder oh, says right. when he's like introducing a case is actually real shit. Because they were just like, oh, I heard about this thing. Let's write an episode about it. But yeah, they, they've done like certain people have been able to like telepathically affect undeveloped film and like create images on it. What? Yeah. That's awesome. I know. It's fucking cool. There's a whole episode about it. It was a great one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Photographic plate. Oh, never if you're been. following your bingo cards at home, Jonathan <laughs> just mentioned his rewatch of the X-Files. <laughs> Take a drink. We should make bingo cards. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, never been weighed on a scale, never been measured by a ruler. Thought was so delicate that physicists said it didn't even exist. But, but wait, there's more. Okay. I don't understand this. I just don't understand this line of like, I feel like logic. It's, it's very close to something that I can understand, but then it's slightly wrong. I feel like using the word thought is yeah. the wrong word. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, scientists say thoughts don't exist. Thoughts exist. They, we fucking have thoughts all the time. They literally exist. Like, you can, like, you can 
I'm thinking measure, right now. I'm thinking right now. Like, they can measure, like, fucking synapses firing and yeah. shit happening in your brain. Oh, that's what Christopher was doing with his fucking helmet. And remember? He had, like, a helmet. Remember? Oh. Yeah, remember? Are you seven years old? Yes. And he, like, stuck electrodes to himself, and he's like, when I think this thing, it does this oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's Christopher. Yeah. No. No, he's definitely Christopher. It's gross, but you gotta fucking deal with it, because that's what it is. <laughs> We've already read one incest book on this show, and that was one incest book too many. Wait, what was the incest book we read? I don't remember which one it was, but remember they were like cousins or something, and everyone was like, we should tell them they're related. <gasps> were they cousins or brother and sister? They were brother and sister. It. What book was that? I forgot, because we kept joking that they were brother and sister, but then it turned out that that was... Wasn't that Christopher exactly Pike? What was I feel happening. like it was, but now I don't remember. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Oh, God. Can some listener tell us? Hey there, below grade if level super fan. <laughs> Why don't you email us at podcast at cactusradio.com and tell us what was the incest book we read? <laughs> now to the next question. What was the energy behind thought? Oh, fuck. It wasn't one of the four basic forces in nature. Air, fire, water, and earth. <laughs> I decided to regard it as a fifth force, a fifth element. Well, it was like, it was like <laughs> electricity, nuclear, also nuclear, and gravity. <laughs> Electricity, nuclear, sustainability, gravity, <laughs> wind power. Oh, my God. Indeed, I began to consider it the most fundamental energy of them all, for it seemed to be in everything. That might sound like a leap of faith, the ravings of an amateur mystic, but consider this. How else was I, how, how else was I to explain how I could take a sample of an unknown chemical, study it, slip into it italicized gross know what it was and then have that knowledge independently verified by some strange science i was connecting to the chemicals he likes italicizing things mm -hmm. i was seeing them without my eyes i was knowing them without a tool other than my own mind sorry i just fucked up my nail polish that's so annoying that's okay where was this all going? We all fucking wondered. There was only one direction it could go, to finer and finer levels of matter. I began to spend most of my time sitting with my eyes closed and exploring things around me, going into them, understanding them from the inside out. My research into reality had taken a meditative twist, but I was meditating like no yogi I had ever read about. My thought struck deeper than the most expensive Atom Smasher ever <laughs> constructed. Atom Smasher? Is that why he's named Atom Smasher? Yeah. I didn't realize. It's like a I pun. I didn't realize an Atom Smasher was a thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know, like, what an Atom, atom Smasher is. But, yeah, it's like a... I didn't know there was such a thing as an Atom Smasher. Um, it was Christopher Pike. It was fucking Remember Me. Oh, remember was me? it Remember Me? It was Remember Me, because Remember... Because Remember? Um, no, I don't. Because it was like... It was like but her wait, brother... Was, was it Remember Me when she uh, died? It was, it was when she died... The girl her brother was dating, she was switched at birth with. Yes. Because like the... Because it was like the, the, the two mothers 
had like fucked the same guy and as revenge uh, the one mother switched the babies at birth or something crazy oh my like God. that so like her whole so yeah that book was like this girl dies but then as a ghost she's like I have to stop my brother from fucking his sister <laughs> because remember the whole time she was so into her brother and we're like it's so gross that she's into her brother and then the book excused it because it was like they're not actually related though but he is about to do an incest but he also was about to do an incest <laughs> <laughs> just not the incest you'd expect. Yeah. Wow. I Christopher just... Pike is wild. I forgot about that because when I think of that book, all I think of is the logistics of who went to the bathroom and when. <laughs> <laughs> so much of that book was the map of that party and who went to the bathroom when. And then I was just like. And like the sad detective. And the sad detective. daughter was a drug addict and didn't speak to him or something. I was just looking at my, my, um. Uh, episode descriptions because I was like, what was it? It was Remember Me. And the second to last one I wrote, um, we read Christopher Pike, uh, Remember Me, where some of our absolute worst soap opera nightmares come true, which was the incest yeah, stuff. 100%. And then the very last episode of Remember Me was um, everything gets wrapped up in this episode and if you didn't think there was going to be an existential scene inside a human heart lotus, think again. So Christopher Pike really, like goes for it. I can't wait to like... read every single one of his books because I'm going to. <laughs> oh my God. This is a Christopher Pike show from now on. It is. <laughs> no more Sweet Valley High. No more Sweet Valley High. Oh my God. Can you imagine going back to Babysitter's Club after this? <laughs> I cannot. Ugh. I feel like if we read Goosebumps next, I'm just going to be like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this boring you? God damn it. I eventually began to perceive the quantum level of matter. Quantum realm! Neutrons, protons, electrons. Watch out for those water bears. Kicking a cat under the table. I began to sense masons and quarks. And I began to know that there was something beneath them all. Something that didn't seem to change no matter what. I believed I had discovered the basic material of the universe, the one thing out of which everything else was made. What was it? I asked. Space. <laughs> but space isn't anything! <laughs> <laughs> what? My grandfather's smile was sad. I remembered Hapshaw's suicide note. It's all empty inside. I feel like when you say the words Masons and Quarks, you have to be like doing the Groucho Marx like. <laughs> he had come to where I had arrived and it had horrified him. But to me, well, I believed in nothing, so I wasn't disappointed when I found nothing. <laughs> it's just what I expected. I had discovered that the ultimate element out there of which are... everything was constructed was basically nothingness. I don't know. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that's reminding me of Corvana get. I yeah. feel like he's very, like, literally, I was already looking at I had to chuckle, which made me think of I had to laugh. And then mm. that line, I believed in nothing, so I was not disappointed when I found nothing. Also reminded me of something from Sirens of Titan. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> that's a good book. Hey, I, I, I will never shoot down book. a Vonnegut reference. <laughs> I had to chuckle. But that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather didn't laugh. It is the only thing that makes sense. Beyond the smallest of the small, there must be nothing. But let's not debate the philosophical implications of what I am telling you. Suffice it to say that if I had been searching for God, I would have been disappointed to find no one at home when I came knocking. 
<laughs> it really works in this voice. <laughs> Yet I did discover something remarkable in this nothingness, something my mind could connect with and comprehend a spaghetti in monster. a limited fashion. <laughs> I discovered that the universe never forgets anything. Like an elephant. What, what does that mean? I asked. At the finest level, in that space beyond the smallest subatomic particle, the creation remembers everything it has ever been. I use the word remember for the sake of simplicity. The pattern of the past is present at every point, in everything. I still don't understand. <laughs> my grandfather leaned forward and rubbed the hair on the top of my head. I remember you as a baby girl. Do you know I was there the day you were born? Mother told me. She said it was you who thought up my name. My grandfather sat back in his chair. He had been looking better the last few days, but suddenly he seemed old again, ready to quit. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something, and then it went right out of my head about Christopher Pike, about this fucking crazy shit. Oh, that's what it was. I was just thinking, like, I, def I didn't read... I definitely didn't read, like, Remember Me or this uh, when I was younger. I definitely, I know I read Christopher Pike. I don't fucking remember which Christopher Pike books I read. I don't remember them being this goddamn Thick. existential and insane. I feel like if I read this when I was a kid, I would be like, this is the fucking best book I've ever read in my life. Like, I'm so <laughs> smart right now. I'm so smart reading this book. You'd go to school and talk about quarks. Yeah, I'd go to school and be like, guys, have you ever heard of something called the quantum realm? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever thought about what thought is? And I'd be like, fuck, I'm so smart. <laughs> he closed his eyes and took a deep breath. I gained the ability to look into the past. I was astounded. I didn't doubt his words. Into all of history? Yes. How far back? All the way back to the beginning of time. You could see it all? Yes. Can you still? He nodded weakly. Yes. How about the future? Oh, the future has not happened. How can the universe remember it? <laughs> you fucking idiot. Good question. <laughs> but still, you didn't answer mine. He opened his eyes and stared at me. I was sitting at his knee as his faithful student. It was a relationship that couldn't last. Sitting at his knee? What does that even mean? I don't want to know. I discovered I could view many... I discovered I could view many possible futures. He made the VCR. I forgot about the VCR until now. <laughs> he said, The most probable would stand out as a clear line in my awareness. The least likely would hover at the edge. Ghosts. Oh, g -g -g ghosts Tunnels. wreathed in fog. I could see these futures, but I couldn't touch them. Do you understand, Sarah? I nodded. Really, Sarah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the past has more substance because it had once been. The future has none because it might never be. <laughs> that is correct. Although you said it in a very stupid way. <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> <laughs> what would happen when you viewed the past? Nothing would happen to it. I was not affecting it by viewing it. But the universe would remember perfectly how things had been. I would feel like I was there. Back in time? <laughs> yes. I had discovered the only time machine that could be. A key to the memory banks of the universe. Would you be there? Back in time? Like that Pitbull song? <laughs> he looked at me strangely. I was strangely. thinking of that Huey Lewis song. Oh. Gotta go back in time. <laughs> 
He looks at me strangely. You mean physically? No, of course not. Idiot. You dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What did you see when you looked into the future? He turned away. I told you. There are many possible futures. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a game of like. <laughs> I sat up and put my hand on his knees. No! <laughs> you know, like you touch your grandfather. Yeah. But you said there are some more likely than others. <laughs> He's fucking Doctor Strange now. Oh my god. What did you see? Was it good? Was it bad? His eyes took on a glassy stare for a moment. I saw as Thanos. If, as if he were <laughs> looking into the future right then. Whatever he had seen, I knew then it had been too much for him. At first, what I saw for us, all of us, was tragic, he said. But that didn't surprise me. Man has always been his own worst enemy. He coughed. But maybe I should have left things alone. There are tragedies, and then there are tragedies. I would think one would be italicized, considering how much he likes to do that, but (laughs) there weren't. So There are tragedies, and then there are tragedies. What did you do? Sarah, he said. And there was a note, faint, but nevertheless chilling, of despair in his voice. Now he was scaring me. Now, finally, he was scaring me. Mm-hmm. I clasped his old hands <laughs> and felt how they trembled. <laughs> so oh. old! Oh. What did you do? I asked softly. I wanted to make things better, he said. I understand. <laughs> Go on. <clears throat> There were going to be more wars, plagues, environmental disasters. I could see it all in almost every possible future. In fact, there was not a single likely scenario that wasn't choked with misery. Honestly, you can't imagine how awful it was going to be. Really terrible stuff. I had to try to make things better. You can see that, can't you, Sarah? I sat back on my heels. A chill had come over me that refused to be soothed by the single basement heater. Such poetry. (laughs) I was so much like him, you see. I could tell which direction he had taken even before he told me. You looked into the future and took something from it, I said. My insight didn't surprise him or make him feel any better. Some technology, yes. I thought if it could be applied at this time, before mankind sank once more into barbarism, great suffering would be averted. What exactly was the technology you took? It's called a VCR. (laughs) Stuck. <laughs> my first choice of word hadn't escaped him. I uncovered the blueprint of a thinking machine. Oh a machine that could reason like a human being. A conscious mechanical artifact. The blueprint gave me a direction, so I thought of where my, mankind had to head. Finally, I was getting the big picture. In the direction of the robot? <laughs> I asked. What? Ah! Yes. I wish that was I, the title of the book. In the, in the direction, direction of, of the, the robot. robot. By Christopher Pike. <laughs> Philip yes. K. Dick, take a fucking seat. <laughs> I had already taken a step along that road when I injected the microchips into my brain. <laughs> he shrugged. This was merely the next step. Merely? Could you be more specific? He could see I was not pleased with how he trivialized such a step, but he accepted that as well because he knew I loved him anyway. I think my love meant a great deal to my grandfather. I couldn't build the mechanical brain of the distant future, he said. The technology of that society simply did not exist in our time, but I could do the next best thing. My glimpse into the future had brought me enough knowledge to meld a human nervous system with a mechanical body, a body that could greatly enhance the longevity and the productivity of the nervous system in question. You figured out how to build a cyborg. Yes. Did you build one? I asked. Yes. I bet he is one. Using a human nervous system as the basis... 
Yes. Did it work? Yes. All too well. Did this cyborg have your ability to see past, see the past and the future? Yes. He took a breath. And more. <laughs> what more? I demanded. It could actually go into the past, my grandfather said. The revelation hung in the air for a few seconds like the blade of a guillotine. It's like his favorite movie was Terminator. <laughs> but then he closed his eyes. Hang on, I just want to appreciate the sentence, the revelation hung in the air for a few seconds like the blade <laughs> of a guillotine. And then he falls asleep. <clears throat> Instantly. <laughs> But then he closed his eyes, and in the space of a few sec oh, seconds, he seemed oh, to yeah. doze off in his chair. I oh, my ahead. God. I did. A half snore wakened uh, just him. Just kidding. I used my thoughts to see the future. Oh, you're a robot. <laughs> you're a robot. I'm a cyborg. Uh, a half snore wakened him enough to mumble. I have to sleep now. I will tell you the rest later. I stood to leave. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, Rayla. What? Oh, okay. I paused. What did you call me? He was going to sleep where he sat. Nothing. Oh, Good night, Sarah. I love you. <laughs> you didn't notice. I didn't catch that. Yeah. <clears throat> I love you, grandfather. I said robotically. We had our last long conversation the following day Thank on the top Christ. of a hill in the woods, which overlooked the ocean. We had walked there after lunch. The day was sunny and bright, and the polluted smell from the ocean was hardly noticeable. Hmm. <laughs> Tell me more, I said. Was it love at first sight? <laughs> Finding a usable human nervous system from which to construct the cyborg was the most difficult part, he said. Obviously, I couldn't experiment with a normal, healthy person. I had to find someone who was technically brain dead, but whose body was still strong. Of course, working with Hapshaw had given me many contacts with the doctors of comatose patients, but my requirements were even more stringent than they had been when we experimented with boosting damaged areas of people's brains. I was searching for the next to impossible. I needed a patient whose brain had caused his or her death, yet I couldn't work with a brain that was too badly damaged. Because this was the brain I was going to boost a thousand times more than I had my own, and this was the brain I was to place in a body. Sometimes I feel like I don't understand English. I don't know if it's the book or if it's, it's me. It's the book. But I must point out at the start that I was taking precautions that my cyborg would never get out of control. <laughs> oh, don't you know about cyborgs? Of course it's going to get out of control. You've seen Terminator. He's obviously seen Terminator. Wait, did we do the math before? Had Terminator come out? Yeah. Well, and also he's Christopher. Christopher already said his favorite movie was Terminator. He's not Christopher. He's definitely Christopher. He's not fucking Christopher. He's 100% Christopher. I was building it to help humanity. It was to be our ultimate servant. Mm, yeah, robots love that. Mm -hmm. It would be, along with others like it, designed to lead us past future obstacles. It would be able to do this because it would be able to see obstacles in our future. All righty. <clears throat> At the core of its programming was the command that it protect humanity from suffering. Just that simple. That instruction was ingrained in every circuit of its memory. When the cyborg was complete and operating, it would be impossible for it to run off and cause ruin. That is how I foresaw the matter. Eventually, I found a young man whose body was being kept alive by mechanical means, but who, for all intents and purposes, had died from a minor stroke in the hypothalamus region of the brain. 
That is located at the base of the brain. And as you know, the higher functions of thinking are located in the cerebral cortex. Obviously. Re- <laughs> Duh. Relatively far from the hypothalamus. His brain was damaged, true. He was never going to wake up, but EEG readings showed that the majority of his central nervous system was still intact and functioning. What was that man's name? I asked. I never knew. I didn't want to know. <laughs> he had been in a coma for some time. His family had turned him over to the care of the state. A legal death certificate had been issued in his regard. He was a non-entity, and that was the way I chose to think of him. That's there were fucked a few up. Don't let me live like that. No, Fucking pull that plug. That's awful. Harvest my organs. <laughs> burn the body. <laughs> there were a few legal Harvest formalities to burn. wade through, but I was yeah. eventually given him what was left of him to do with what I wished. Cool. <laughs> Don't like, like that sentence. After a few passionate mess around nights. a bit with him. Or, <laughs> before beginning the process of removing the brain and spinal cord from his body, I washed his system with a chemical called um, THC. Um, <laughs> Theroin hydroxide carbonide. THC counteracts the chemicals in the cells of the brain responsible for memory. Wait, that's you, not the same THC, right? I don't believe so. I don't think so. <laughs> you wanted to make sure he had no memory of who he had been, I asked. <laughs> Before I operated him, I got him I got him so fucking high. This has been one chapter, by the way. We are still on chapter 13. That is not what THC stands for. Oh, I didn't for- think so. You know, pot reasons. Yeah. Te- oh, yeah. Tetra, tetrahydrocannabinol. Nailed it. Ah, one <laughs> one take. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to say a number. <laughs> Topical. That's correct. <laughs> I set to work alone on this monumentous task. I did, however, have a team of engineers constructing the cyborg body. They eagerly worked with me because I kept providing them with skills from the future. But once more, <laughs> let me let me, let me state that we could never have constructed a machine of the complexity of the human brain. I alone had to fuse the brain and the spinal cord into what the engineers had built for me. The night I worked, uh, I worked night and, and day for years, sleeping little. I suppose that shows on my face. Do you think when they were building the cyborg body, they were like, "Do we get rid of Dick? Does it need one?" <laughs> I always wonder that does when it, there are cyborgs. Yeah, like, does it need one? How big? Like, what do we do? What do we do? Obviously the biggest slider that they let me make a dick for. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Okay, look, if we're being real, it's and it's like anyone playing a video game, you're just like, obviously the biggest Obviously. Dick. Obviously. <clears throat> Many things show on your face, I said. Many things don't. Shut up, Sarah. <laughs> Eventually my task was complete And the first cyborg awoke The first I called him Sam I can't believe this book started with like I like cookies and boys and popcorn I like movies And I like so crazy. I'm gonna go to Circuit City today And now we're like The first cyborg awoke <laughs> This book opened With like a chapter of her being at Circuit City Buying a VCR with yeah, And now we're in the future Fucking like post dated check. Yeah. Oh my god. I called him Sam and he was a wonder. He had computer chips both molecular and standard size implanted in his brain to stimulate its repair and growth. He had at the core of his system a device that actually generated brain waves. His consciousness was an ocean of perfectly flowing waves. He awoke ignorant. Uh, but he awoke with awareness much greater than ours. He learned very quickly. Oh, he did shit his pants a lot, though, at the beginning. 
Sam looked like a machine. He still does, to this day. But he had more heart than most people I know. I, I loved Sam. I say that in a figurative way because his physical heart was actually a pump that had to be built in the laboratory, you know. Uh, but I but I think you know what I mean. Yes, we fucking know what you mean. Do you get it? Metaphorically, he had heart. It was not long before Sam was talking and walking and busy completing each task I set for him. I put him in Detroit and made him a cop. Immediately, <laughs> he wanted to help me. He wanted to help everybody. You sound Southern now. I know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but what was he to help me with? The answer was obvious. I had to build a more advanced version of what I had created. I had to make a cyborg that could function in society and not be detected for what, Cylon. what it was. A Cylon. I've created <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> of course they have dicks. They fuck so often. <laughs> oh my God, they really do. They really do. What year did this book come out again? 93. All right. Sam had absolutely... I'm so tired of... This is- I'm so tired of talking about science. I'm so <laughs> I, fucking tired of I it. I truly... I, like, I honestly cannot believe that this has gone on. Like, I think... We're not going to get past it tonight. I, I don't think we're going to get further past it. We've been reading tonight. for like an hour. I think the rest oh, of the book is damn. this chapter. I don't think so. They have to go back to the real <laughs> I know. fucking current day whatever just, the like, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) Sam had absolutely no memory of any time before, I asked. None. I found another brain to work with, a dead girl this time, and with Sam's help, (laughs) I started to work on a second cyborg. I may as well admit something right here. Make me a wife. (laughs) (laughs) I took one of his cyborg ribs. (laughs) I don't remember where I read that. (laughs) My experiments on myself had greatly enhanced my intelligence, but I was like a child compared to Sam. He built Susan, essentially. I don't know why that made me laugh. Sam and Susan? He built Susan, essentially. I just watched. And I got off on it. (laughs) Susan? I asked. That's what we called her. It was Sam's idea. (laughs) Sam could have ideas? This sounds like a sitcom, like Sam and Susan, Susan. the cyborg couple from the future. (laughs) Yes. He was alive then, I said. That is what I have been saying all along, you stupid bitch. He was more alive than you or I. Yet Susan made even Sam look archaic. She looked almost human. And now I've... Did he describe it and I wasn't listening? Oh, no, he's describing it now. Mm -hmm. Sam had advanced the entire... Hold on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, God, my brain stopped working. You need some of those She. I need some of those brain chips in my brain. (laughs) She looked almost human. Sam had advanced the entire field of skin grafts and tissue regeneration a hundred years. Oh, wait. So what does Sam look like? Did he describe it? Was I not listening? He said uh, Sam didn't look human. Yeah, yeah, I think Sam's like a a robot. Okay. He's got got (gasps) clamps for hands. I dissociate sometimes. I don't know where I go. I am Sam. Okay. Like that movie. (laughs) <laughs> Which one? With Sean Penn. That's not at all like that movie. She, oh God, she looked almost human. Sam had advanced the entire field of skin grafts and tissue regeneration a hundred years. Susan then took over once she was functional and made herself even more human-like. Yet she had Sam's disposition. She was there to serve mankind. How could she help but serve? I had designed her that way. So the process continued. You kept developing new generations of cyborgs, and each one was superior to the previous generation? Yes, except now I had little to do with the process. 
I couldn't begin to compete with any of the skills in my creations. Soon I was just overseeing the program. We were moving things ahead quickly. Cyborgs were evolving... Cyborgs were evolving that were indistinguishable on the outside from humans. Okay, so we have definitely reached Cylon territory. The shortage of adequate human nervous systems was our biggest obstacle. The, the dig up so many graves before people start paying attention. <laughs> That's why I'm covered in all this dirt. <laughs> the cyborgs set out all over the world searching for candidates. Slowly but steadily, they built their number up to four. Oh, I was I, literally, I was just going to say, like, how many fucking cyborgs? Like, I looked away for one second to write down, and what I've written so far is science talk, robots from the future. And there are 40 I, models. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was about this time they, they approached me left. as a group. <laughs> it was about this time they approached me as a group to found the New Life Organization to help serve humanity. Oh. They approached you, I asked. Yes. You're still not seeing them as they could be, Sarah, but I tell you, they could think a million times faster than we. Even me with my souped up brain juice. <laughs> well, if he New- went from like Johnny Five to a Cylon in two models, yeah, right? then number 40 mm-hmm. would be like fucking God. Yes. Yeah, number three would just be like Dr. Manhattan. (laughs) New life was from the very start their creation. I remember laughing when they told me how they would organize and grow and solve the problems of the world, dumb robots. (laughs) I felt as if all my labors were finally bearing fruit. I gave them my permission to go ahead. They would not go ahead until they got your permission, I asked. Yes. Do they still seek out your permission when making decisions? He hesitated. The answer is complicated. I have to go on. So the then answer it's is no. no. Yeah. So it's a no then. <laughs> no, tell me now. I have to know who's running the show at New Life. That group keeps growing all the time. Yes, my grandfather said hastily. But the core number of cyborgs is still small. A lot of them is not necessary. You can't have too many leaders and nothing gets done. Who's making the decisions at New Life? I insisted. We are. We? You still have the final say in things? Not exactly. We decide together. Sort of. We have something called a quorum. <laughs> there are nine of us. <laughs> Wait, was it nine? I don't remember. Right? It's Battlestar Galactica. I feel like it was nine. Yeah. Grandfather! <laughs> we agree on most issues. There's just one point where we don't see eye to eye. What is that? To answer that, I first have to tell you five other stories. <laughs> including... Where I, uh, when I started on the Cyborg Project, sorry, hang on, I had to burp. Uh, First, I have to tell you that when I started on the Cyborg Project, I stopped peering into the future. I didn't have the time, and more importantly, I reasoned that I couldn't look because if I saw that I was to fail, then I'd have to give up before I started. Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't make sense. You didn't have the time to look into the future? The time? (laughs) You were worried that the knowledge of your failure would make you fail? Question mark. Yes. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Uh, I sense that if each time I use my supernormal abilities to make a decision, then the moment I saw whatever I saw in the future, just that knowledge might distort my decision. I'm sorry. Talk like this always gets complicated because we are dealing with cause and effect, and when you can travel in time, it is hard to say when one stops and the other starts. Uh, Suffice to say... I had made the decision to give humanity kind guardians, and I hoped everything would work out. That sounds weak, I said. My remark stung him. 
I just explained why I thought it would be a mistake to constantly check what effect my work was having. I spoke carefully. Could it have been something else? Could you have simply not wanted to know because you were afraid of failure? My grandfather was silent a moment. I think, I think I may have been afraid, but of what? I'm not sure. In my defense, though, I could see with my own eyes the benefit of what I was doing. will never end. From the time Sam and Susan entered my life, I recognized a spark in their eyes that could carry man in directions he'd never dreamed of taking if he were alone in the universe. A literal spark. So we started swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, Sam and Susan were monitoring the future, and they told me that mankind's future was suffering... They told me that mankind's future suffering was being all but eliminated by the actions we were taking in the present. It's just the fucking hubris of this asshole to not only create sentient robots. Yeah. But like immediately from the first one be like, not only are you a sentient robot, you can see the past and the future. Mm -hmm. You're a god. Mm -hmm. You are an omniscient god. And I believed them. I had to. Fucking they were idiot. incapable of lying. Why? Did any of them venture into the past, I asked. You mentioned that last time. Sam did, just once, as an experiment. He returned quickly, and we both agreed that it was too dangerous to attempt again because we might change something that might affect Sam from ever being created, and then he'd cease to be. Then he... <laughs> I just... We're just going to skip all the back to the future of it all. Yeah. Then he couldn't have gone back to what he did in the future. And the circular possibilities were unpredictable. As far as I know, all cyborgs possess the ability to transfer themselves into the past by perfectly accessing the memory of a specific date, the memory of which is stored in the fabric of space, but none of them do it. So 40 cyborgs can time travel, uh -huh. but you just trust that they yeah. don't do it? As far as I know, I don't think they do it. One of them did, but the other ones probably definitely don't. Here's the thing. There's 40 cyborgs running the planet secretly. Like the Illuminati. <laughs> and I'm like, hey guys. Please don't, don't time don't, travel, okay? Don't Look, here's the thing. And they're like, we super promise. You can time travel. And it's like the coolest fucking thing ever because it's fucking time travel. You can literally see everything. You could go back and just see, you know, like cavemen or dinosaurs. You could see anything you want. But, you, but don't do it. And they're like, okay. And they're like, all right, we promise. Essentially, they are able to think themselves back in time. That is correct. You are leading up to something, Grandfather. It must have to do with the future. I know you must have peered into it since you took leave of the project. Why don't you just tell me what is going to happen? I didn't want to tell you without first explaining how all this happened. But now that I have done that, thank fucking Christ! I guess it's fair that you know. The main reason I came here was to tell you. I almost forgot she's a robot. Time moves slowly for me then. What will happen? He picked up a stick from the ground and beat me. <laughs> I was just going to say, and, and, and impaled me. <laughs> he fiddled with it for a moment before suddenly breaking it in half. There are no people in the future anymore, he said. What? A thousand years from now, Homo sapiens on this planet will be extinct. Duh. I was aghast. Will the cyborgs Only wipe a us thousand? out? Only a thousand? 
right? Or I mean, <laughs> they don't need more than that, right? <laughs> Will the cyborgs wipe us out? No, there will be robots then, not cyborgs as we have today. Total thinking machines with no human parts. They will not destroy us, not directly. Rather, we will become them. We will become machines. Willingly? Yes. Or you could say inevitably. He stared out at the ocean. I made Sam too well. He was programmed to stop human suffering. When he created Susan, he gave her the same programming. She, in turn, gave the next generation of cyborgs similar instructions. When the robots finally walk to Earth, they will be the great-great-great-grandchildren of Sam and Susan, and they will be our most devoted caretakers. They will work ceaselessly to end every conceivable form of human suffering. There's just one problem with their desire. To be human is to suffer, I said. My grandfather looked at me with fresh appreciation. You do that without being told. I only knew that after suffering through everything I have. You amaze me, Sarah. More than Sam and Susan, I asked, a little jealous, and I hated the bitterness that entered my voice. I couldn't help it. My grandfather was a brilliant man, a kind and generous man, but he had gambled with humanity's future without consulting anyone else. He had gambled and lost. He lowered his head, and his voice came out low. There's nothing to be done, he said. It is too late. That's ridiculous. You said the future has no substance. We can change things. Surely you saw at least one future where mankind existed. No. Even an unlikely future? I asked, horrified. There was not a single one. Not even on the hazy edges of the next two impossible. I know why. What has been set in motion cannot be stopped. The cyborgs still speak to me. They ask my advice. They will do anything I ask of them, except one thing. What is that? They will not destroy themselves. It is not because they have been programmed to protect themselves. They would gladly give their lives to protect human lives. They will not destroy themselves because they feel their presence is necessary to help humanity. Do you see? They are too kind. That doesn't make any sense. If they can't help humanity continue existing, then how are they helping? But they see... And can't he just destroy them? But that's the fucking... That's the whole reason you don't create robots is because... Ultimately, they will always come to the conclusion that the best way to save humanity is to get rid of it. Yeah. Because humans... I I get that. But can't he just fucking kill them? Yeah, exactly. Just turn them off. I guess there's probably some fucking MacGuffin. (laughs) But surely... Fucking MacGuffin. Fucking MacGuffin. MacGuffin. But surely they can see the same future you see. Oh, they do. They see it far more clearly than I. Then they must know that they have to leave if we are to survive. Survive how? They do not see our gradual evolution toward mechanical creatures as evil. See, Becca? They see it as necessary. The path of least pain. I tell you, they have our best interests at heart. I felt trapped in a nightmare. is he saying that, like, people will continue on, but as robots? Yes. But, like, organic human bodies will die, and that's how humans will end? Yeah. Okay. Which kind of... That's honestly better than what I'm expecting for a future, which is a fucking wasteland of this planet. If you could At least there's something here. If you could put my brain, my consciousness, into a fucking indestructible robot body that looked exactly like mine, I'd be like, yeah, man, do it. Yeah. I I wouldn't groan when I sat down anymore. (laughs) I wouldn't have to go to the dentist. It'd be fucking awesome. (laughs) I could stand in the street and just like cars See, would... See, you're the reason humanity will end in a thousand years. Or will it just evolve? 
You could drink oil. I could drink oil. Ooh, I've always wanted to drink I've oil. I've always wanted to drink oil. It's so silky. You stole my joke. I was just mimicking because I wasn't as funny. It's okay. No. I felt trapped in a nightmare. <laughs> but we will not be who we are. We will be machines. Nobody wants to be a machine except for all of us here tonight. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't see how we as a race could willingly allow this to happen. Because you cannot see the influence of the cyborgs spread over many centuries. What it will be like to have them working openly in society. I will give you an example. Say you are a student. You know what's bothering me? Yes. That, uh, how long this chapter is? That and the mix of contractions and non-contractions. Explain. So, like, here's here's a heed. Here's a oh, wouldn't. Oh, I see. Here's and, and, another wouldn't. And then there's you know, a cannot. Uh, and then there's I there's a don't. Oh, yeah. And then there's I will give you an example. And we will Say be Say you machines. are a student. Yeah, yeah. It's No one in, talks like it's that. It's inconsistent. It's like robotic and then regular. Yeah. Say you are a student and oh, you have to compete work. with another student for a position you covet. Now this other student has done what I have done, attached molecular microchips to the DNA of his brain cells. You wouldn't be able to compete with his, with him. He'd be quicker, more imaginative, and his memory would be infallible. But otherwise, this other person would seem scarcely different from you. He would still laugh and tell jokes. You would think of him as human, and he would be human. In time, you would think, if I am to keep up, I must have the same advantages he has. Like steroids! <laughs> you would have your brain boosted, too. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make myself even a bed into a machine. Oh, Sarah. I accept the strength of your resolution, but will your children, your grandchildren, be equally resolved? By the time they are older, the secret of New Life's organization will be public knowledge and steadily more and more people will turn to more and more mechanical enhancement to enrich their lives. We haven't even touched upon the most powerful reason to become like a cyborg. They don't age. They're immortal. I wouldn't go that far. They can be destroyed, certainly, if you put them on top of a bomb. <laughs> what if you put them under a bomb? Do they have to be on top of the Unfazed. bomb? You have to get them on Look, the it's, top okay, of the bomb. It's like the first rule of cyborgs, right? Under <laughs> a bomb, nothing. Next to a bomb, a little damage, but not that much. On top of a bomb, fully annihilated. Obliterated. Obliterated cyborg. Okay, well, that answers my question of why not blow them up? They will also, in time, wear out. Will they? <laughs> yet they, okay, yet they will be able to repair themselves. Well, God, I'm starting to hate this book. Or just, like, put their consciousness in a new fucking one. Won't, like, cyborg version, like, 70 learn how to fucking repair everyone until they live forever? Yeah. They will be the envy of mortals everywhere. People will want what they've got. People will want to live forever yeah. and have Duh. nice round bottoms. <laughs> Keep, they won't keep it be, high and tight forever, cyborg style. <laughs> <laughs> but they won't be people if they take that course. Where will the line be drawn? I'm a person, although I have parts inside my head that were made in the lab. Few people will have the desire to become a cyborg Even overnight. Pacemaker, but over time, <laughs> but over time, it's inevitable that we will become more mechanized. Mankind will die out, and all this because you created Sam. <laughs> he could hear the accusation in my voice. I cannot go back in time and uncreate him. But Sam or could. Sam could. Uh, Sam could. Yeah. But I guess Sam won't. 
And the same is there does. any way? Is there any way of getting them all together and destroying them? But he is no. back in time. Who in is the great the grandfather? Well, yeah. Well, so yeah, this is in the future. I don't know why? Yeah, we're in the future. I don't know what the fuck is gonna happen. God. No, I've thought of it. They're too smart for that. At best, I could destroy a handful of them. They would not retaliate against me, even if I took such drastic action. But they would arrange it so that I could not harm them again. So do it better, you idiot. Just do it like Gremlins. Get them all in the theater to watch Snow White and then blow them all up. Is that what happens in Gremlins? Yeah. I feel like I've there seen that movie so way. many times, I don't remember that happening. It's a great movie. They, I hate that movie. They lure all of the gremlins into a theater to watch Snow White, and then they, like, That's open really up a f- bunch of gas, and then they blow all the gremlins up, except for one who sneaks out into a department store. Uh, that's really and that's where the third up. act takes place. Okay. Uh-huh. That's the first movie? Yeah. I don't remember that. There must be a way. There They're isn't. Lying. I we am the- telling 100% the truth. <laughs> this is now a Gremlins podcast. No, I don't like that movie. I feel like I've seen it so many times. You don't remember that. I don't remember them ever being in a movie theater. You, that's probably because like halfway through the movie, you're like, I fucking hate this. And yeah, I'm stop. looking at my phone. Yeah. <laughs> we could alert the governments of the world. You say their number is small. United, the world could surely defeat them. You underestimate them. They would always be ten steps ahead of us, and I've already explained that nothing can work. There are no people, even in, in, in even one of the possible futures I have studied, and I have studied them all. There is no action we could take today or tomorrow or five years hence. That's right, I said hence. I'm old. That will stop what new life has begun. It is done, for good or bad. How could you say that? For good or bad? There is no good. What have you done? What, what you've done is catastrophic. You've wiped out humanity. <laughs> Who's to say we would have wiped ourselves out? Uh, but don't fucking pass the buck like that, hey. Grandpa. I tell you, I cannot conceive of the suffering I saw that awaited us as a race. New life, if nothing else, has spared us that. At the cost of our existence! That's not entirely true. I forget what point I was making, because now it sounds like I'm defending the robots. The <laughs> robots that will evolve from us will carry a part of us inside them. We will live on as a race, but in a different form. Do you get it yet? Or do I have to keep fucking explaining it for a couple more pages? Yeah, we got there a couple pages ago. And again, like, fine. Yeah. You sound like you're happy this happened. The bitterness in my voice, fully unleashed, was very unpleasant. My grandfather was wounded by the strength of my reaction, although I can't imagine how else he could have expected me to feel. I mean, we weren't talking about an accidental meltdown of a nuclear reactor or anything small like that. Well, nukes mean nothing in this world, apparently. They nuke the Middle East and Europe. Chernobyl everywhere. And everyone else is like, it's okay, we'll rebuild. Yeah, we'll rebuild. I'm not happy about it, he responded quietly. I've merely had to accept it. If it is also set and final, why did you tell me about it? He was just an old man then, whose life had not gone in the direction he planned. I told you because of something that happened to me as a young man. I knew a girl. We went to high school together. Oh, oh no. She was a lot like you in many ways. I didn't know her long, but I liked her. Her name was Sarah. That was where I came up with your name, he added. Why did he name her? Sarah died not long after we became friends. How did she die? I asked. He scratched his head. Her death was never fully explained by the authorities. I'd rather not go into the circumstances surrounding her end, though. I believe she was chopped up into little pieces. They were not well, pleasant. that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Sorry, I'm painting my pinky nail. Oh, jeez. 
Almost done. But I gotta find out what happened to Sarah in the past. <sighs> I brought her up because she, like you, was a great believer in the sanctity of life. We once talked about her views, and I think I gave her the impression that I thought she was wrong about the magic of life. I never got to correct that misunderstanding before she died. I know in the years to come, the truth of new life will come out and my part in it will become known. I wanted to tell you all of this so you would understand that I did what I did only because I cared for people. I wanted to help protect that magic. I had no other motivation. I understood. He could not journey into the past like his creations, but he was still living there. Perhaps I thought that was why he had recoiled so hard from his first glimpse of humanity's painful future. I smiled. You wanted your Sarah to know that? He seemed relieved for a moment. Yes. I lost my smile and stood and patted him on the back. The magic is gone for me, Grandfather. <laughs> it won't be coming back soon. Wow. I turned away. I'm going to walk home alone, okay? He knew then I would never forgive him for what he had done. Fine, he said miserably. Jesus Christ. Damn, Sarah. My grandfather left us soon after that. I spoke to him a few more times over the next year, but I wasn't to see him again. Yet he did see me. Oh, my God. For me, the end of the human race was unacceptable. But I had to accept my grandfather's belief that nothing could be done to stop new life from expanding throughout all society. There was no reason he would have told me so much, only to lie to me about what he saw in the future. But there was a possibility my grandfather had not suggested, either because he hadn't thought of it or because he was afraid to pursue it. He could only see the future from where he stood. From that vantage point, it looked many different ways, but it was never to be that man would survive. But what would the future look like from farther back in the past? What would happen if a cyborg went back in time and killed my grandfather when he was a young man? I did not ad-lib that. That sentence is in the book, and the whole sentence is italicized. Yep. Just so you know, like, it's the most important sentence in the book. Like Christopher Pike saying, you know, like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like Without those sci-fi movies I love. Oh my god. <laughs> Without my grandfather, there would be no Sam. And without Sam, new life would never have been founded. Yes, it was true that mankind might eventually develop robots. Anyway, but the course of the future would have been, even with my grandfather unnaturally out of the picture, closer to what he saw when he first peered into the future. Which As a he race, said was suffer. worse. Yeah, right? <laughs> he said it was worse. But, okay. Be robots, you bitch! <laughs> As a race, we would suffer. But it would be worth the price to be alive and know that we were human. No. I thought so. Even though it meant my grandfather had to die. <laughs> I did still love him, no matter what he had done. I had only one small problem. I wasn't going to succeed at talking a cyborg into carrying out my plan. Even if I happened to meet one, there was only one way around that difficulty. I had to become a cyborg. <laughs> I had to die, but in such a way that when I was revived, I still had my memory and wasn't at the whim of Sam's or Susan's programming. THC, the drug that the cyborgs used to wipe out memory, was one of a family of drugs called carbonides. I think it's pronounced cannabinoids. <laughs> Just gonna say. I, I researched the drugs closely and learned that they could be largely counteracted by a heavy dose of a drug called Nemprin. Also known as cocaine. <laughs> 
In other words, if there was a large concentration of Nemprin in a system when the THC was injected, the Nemprin would immediately begin to break it down before it could cross the brain barrier and affect the synapses and the neurons. Surprisingly, Nemprin was not a difficult drug to obtain, but it is difficult to say out loud several times in a row. It was often used in treating depression. I had no trouble getting a purple vial of it because I was depressed oh. as fuck. <laughs> How was I to kill myself so that my life was not wasted? Obviously, my grandfather had to find me just as I died. I could leave him a note, I decided, that expressed my deep desire to be a cyborg. It would be a dying wish and he would fulfill it for me because he would feel so awful for having told me about the cyborgs in the first place. I'm a cold, cold bitch. (laughs) Plus, the cyborgs needed fresh brains Mm. to make new children. (laughs) Best sentence yet! I did more research and learned that a drug named cyclamone would kill me by destroying the select areas of my brain that had little to do with higher brain functioning. Cyclamone was not an easy drug to obtain, but after long effort, I had a green vial of it to match my purple vial. I flew to New York City. It was a prison (laughs) in the future. The president was there. That was where new life... Escape from New York. Oh. That was where new life was centered, and that was where my grandfather had returned. Incredible, I thought. After all he had told me, he had gone back to them, but I knew why. My grandfather was a coward. Pain frightened him. Well, it didn't frighten me. I would destroy myself to (laughs) destroy. I would destroy myself to destroy them, and I would do it with a whilling heart and a smile on my face. Yet, it was easy to talk that way until it came time to stick the needles in. Then I was afraid. I kept thinking of all the things that could go wrong. Oh, we're fucking dreams with the green liquid and the yeah. you know, purple liquid the and the going spine in. Spine stuff and, and spine whatever. Spine stuff and the buzz what saws. If, yeah. Jesus Christ. What if they checked and flushed the Nemprin out of my system before they hit me with the THC? <laughs> then I would be just another <laughs> happy member of the New Life Council. <laughs> I kept thinking of how young I was. I didn't want to die. It's 1993. THC. It existed. People fucking knew what that meant. Like, yeah, okay. When I arrived in New York, I called my grandfather and agreed to meet him for lunch. New York was a mess that day. They were having a Zone 9 smog alert, and breathing outdoors was almost impossible. Jesus Christ. My grandfather sounded happier than he had been on the hill overlooking the ocean. What if it, what if the, what if it was like, we met at the World Trade Center? Oh, God. <laughs> he must have believed I had come up to... Or I, he must have believed I had come to patch up our differences. I would come to kill us both. Jesus Christ. Damn. He was to pick me up at one o'clock in my hotel room. I had my vials with me in a bathtub filled with bags of ice to keep my <laughs> remains cool. My syringes were new, and I tore off their plastic wrappers as I removed them from my purse. I had a piece of paper by my bed and a pen with which to write my suicide note. I wanted to put, I wanted to put down something for my mother and father to read, but I knew they'd never see it if my grandfather respected my last wish. Plus, they'd never understand why I'd, why I'd had to make such a sacrifice. You might think me noble or maybe crazy. I suppose a person cannot be truly one without the other. 
My plan was bold, but it would succeed only if I was willing to commit murder. Everyone who's won the Nobel Prize is fucking crazy. <laughs> she didn't win it. I'm just saying. Or, oh, because in the Nobel. 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 I get it. I, it it's actually, it's a very bad joke. It doesn't make sense. I'm so tired. I could see that my grandfather was old. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone could. That he had already led an interesting life and that he couldn't live much longer. But when I saw him again as a young man, would I have the strength to lift a, lift a knife to him? There's only one way to prepare for such a trial. <laughs> I went to knife class. <laughs> this is <clears throat> fucking insane. This is, again, when are we done? still not where I saw this going. I, just, oh, I God, figure at the at end of this chapter. This chapter will <laughs> never end. I know. <laughs> I had to first lift a knife to myself. It was a quarter to one when I started to write my note. My grandfather Damn had always man. been fanatically punctual, but seldom early. The phone rang. I lifted it. Yes? I'm down in the lobby, he said. <laughs> Are you ready? Can I come up? I need time, I said softly. He noticed something in my voice. What is it? I noticed something in your voice. <laughs> he asked. <laughs> he could know only that I wanted to be a cyborg, not one who thought it was a teenage girl. I was not going to be writing him a note. I'll be dead what? in a minute, I said. I thought she it said was she was going to write a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait, what? He could... He could know only that I wanted to be a cyborg, not one who thought it was a teenage girl. Okay. What? I, was... okay. I don't care. I don't, okay, okay. I'm okay. confused, but I don't care. I'll be dead in a minute, I said. He gasped. Sarah, don't do anything. I'm coming right up. Don't put down the phone, I snapped back. My syringe is already filled. I put emphasis on the singular. I have cyclamone. 100 cc's, a lethal dose. His silence was filled with shock. But why? He croaked. You said it yourself. There are people who just want to live forever. I'm one of those. Make me one of those. A cyborg. That's all I want. If you won't, you'll just have to bury me, and then it will be like you never had a favorite little girl. Jesus Christ! But Sarah, he cried in anguish, you can't do this. You don't know what I'm capable of doing, Grandfather. I slammed down the phone and stabbed my syringe into the vial of Nemprin. The purple fluid went down easy. <laughs> Good old Nemprin. My veins drank it up. I noticed no immediate effects from the drug. Quickly, I took the empty vial, the syringe, and the syringe wrapper and threw them out the 40th story window. Why? They impaled somebody and they died instantly. Then I picked up the green cyclamone. I took hold of the second syringe, stabbed the vial. Forgive me, God, I whispered. <laughs> stabbed my arm. The cyclamone burned. I heard footsteps running up the hall. I fell back onto the bed and stared at the ceiling. It looked so far away. Someone began to pound frantically on the door. I closed my eyes. I died for the first time. Sometime later, what happened then was better told in my nightmares. Awesome. You remember those. The dreams of the dead. I floated forever until I was dumped in an icy bath. Then they, the cyborgs, came for me and put me in the mechanical chair lit by the orange light. The chair that could change into an upright bed and have the back removed so that the cold hands and the winding blade cut, cut into my spine. Yada, yada, yada. How could it have been so terrifying what they did to me when I was dead? I don't know any more than I know what the word dead means now. My brain wasn't working while they operated on me, but a part of me was there. A part of me would remember. Maybe it was my soul. But poor Sarah was not the rebel cyborg she had hoped she'd huh. been when her nervous system was finally fused into a robot's body. 
Perhaps the Nemprin didn't work as well as it was supposed to. Perhaps. Perhaps some of the THC crossed the brain barrier before it could be broken down into its component parts and made harmless. In either case, I was a zombie when I woke up, and I stayed that way, largely, until I remembered the purple vial. Then, at least, I had the strength to think myself back into the past, into that city and time where the great professor Christopher Perry was a young man. Oh, Christopher. Yeah. Oh, did that come up when I wasn't paying attention? No, I'm just saying, like, he's Christopher. No! Yes! She never said her grandfather's name. She keeps calling him grandfather. What's her last name? McGillicuddy. (laughs) Rayla McGillicuddy. (laughs) But I didn't have the heart to bring back my memory. No, her last name is Linquist because Spence... The the pastor. Oh, right. well, that's really not her. Well, no, I know, but, but yeah, yeah. Oh, Spence. Oh, he's gonna be him. so sad when he finds okay. out his adopted daughter is a robot from the future. <laughs> Cyborg. Cyborg. Sorry, guys. But I didn't have the heart to bring back my memory, and I think I was wrong to so quickly condemn my grandfather for being a coward, because I don't think my amnesia had as much to do with the drugs as it had to do with the fact that I didn't want to die and I didn't want to kill. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because. <laughs> This is incomprehensible. Yeah. That was the crux of my problem when I materialized on the streets of Pasadena in my hospital gown. I had died wanting to save the world, and I had died wanting to have a chance to live the life of a teenage girl. Which desire was stronger? When I recovered my senses, I plunged into being a normal girl. I went to school. I ate cookies and milk, oh and I God. wrote secret letters to a boyfriend. Oh Yet I chose my boyfriend carefully without being aware of it. Please. No. It's, no. Yes, it is. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Read it, Becca. <laughs> no! Becca, read it. What's it say on the page? I chose the young man I had come to assassinate. Are any of his books not about incest? I'm beginning to wonder. <sighs> what about the VCR? <laughs> yeah, fucking for real, Great though. question. Super good it question. It was just a vehicle that allowed me to tap into my true abilities. That's all? I'm sorry, Oh, oh. Uh, okay, so... We're not just going to fucking dismiss it like that, right? Wait, so the VC... Okay, so the VCR is normal. Oh, fuck. It's the fact that she's a fucking time-traveling cyborg. It's fucking I don't know. with the four heads. Well, okay. <laughs> four heads fucking with the four heads. In my cyborg mind, I could reach into the data banks of the cosmos mm-hmm. and pull out anything I needed to know. Yep. I could do it in my sleep. I could impress the information on the tape with one of my silver fingers. No problem. It had been my subconscious that had been telling me what still needed to be done. Unfortunately, I had to go and save the window washer and upset time in such a way that the cyborgs of the future could locate me before I completed my mission. I had screwed up. It was a pity, but it wasn't over yet. I still had to kill Christopher if he gave me the chance. My bup, bup. 
crush slash grandfather. My grandpa boyfriend. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. I'm not participating in that because I'm upset. This book is well, called, this book is wild. brought to you by Future Incest. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God. Did Christine remember that? I have no idea. I mean, idea. I know she didn't say that, but now I want to text her. Oh yeah. Fuck. <laughs> now I like okay. <laughs> I really, really can't wait to watch whatever fucking episode of the Midnight Club. Oh my this god! Because I, I'm just like, ooh, did you maintain the incest? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Chris is speechless. I am speechless. Christopher Pike, you've done it again. <laughs> One chapter. That was, <laughs> that was a long ass chapter. That was just one fucking chapter. This episode, man, I'm glad we didn't have a guest. <laughs> Me too. Holy I shit. feel like that needed to be self-contained. Yeah, that We'd was still be halfway through the chapter rough. if we had a guest. <laughs> yeah. That, and also, like, whoever, if we had a guest, any of the people I tried to get tonight, I would have had would to. Not, they would have. I would not have had, listened to this. They wouldn't have caught up. They wouldn't have known anything. Yeah, I would have. I would have had to apologize afterwards. Be like, that wasn't fun. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god. Okay, so <sighs> I don't even know where to go from here. Thanks for know. listening. Well, the next episode will be the last one for this book. We're Definitely. Finally, gonna wrap it up. Yeah. That was like. Like I was saying earlier, we, you know, where, wherever we were, we probably had like two, two. Wow. That was. Yeah. <clears throat> we have a little less than 30 pages left. Yeah. That was an absolutely enormous chunk oh my God. of this book. Um, that was perfectly timed. Okay. Yeah. So the next episode we will, we will wrap up um, the eternal enemy. Now it makes more sense because they're fucking because they're immortal cyborgs, eternal the eternal enemy, right? But the cyborgs aren't the enemy. Humans are the enemy. The uh, humans yeah. always destroy themselves. I bet. I bet whatever the last line of the book is is like, time is the eternal enemy or some bullshit like that. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So no, so the VCR is not magic. No. It's literally a right. She's she, just a cyborg. She literally just bought a VCR. Her, her brain and her sleep just makes VCR tapes of the future. <laughs> of the future. <laughs> of a possible future. So it could have been any VCR. It wasn't even that she was upsold. It would have been the lower quality VCR that <laughs> yeah, was cheaper. Absolutely. It Probably. Could have, it could I don't have, know if the, the two heads versus no, four I, heads played a part. No, no. It's a, She could have bought a Betamax and it still would have <laughs> recorded the future. Well, that was absolutely crazy. Um, Chris, how you doing? I'm good. Good. It's getting hot in here, so I'm excited you take to turn my fans back on. It's really funny. I don't. I don't get the reference. What was that? Uh, nothing. It's fine. Uh, what would you like uh, listeners to do? Listen to the sketchy show, the sister show to this show. Hell yeah. Uh, and I would like you to watch Pop Suck at Theater if you haven't already and go to cactusrodeo.com and look at all the things that I've posted in the last 
I don't know, decade or however long I've been doing stuff. <laughs> I don't do it much, but it's on there. Uh, Becca, any last words for this episode? Uh, I'm really mad that it's incest again. <laughs> That's all I got. Pull quote for the book. I'm really your mad first, that it's incest again. Your first no was so loud, I didn't get any audio of it. <laughs> like, Zoom was just like, was really, nope. yeah. Usually Zoom I'm the one that was like, peaks. I will protect you. <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry. God damn it. Well, that has been this episode. Chapter 13, Unlucky as Fuck for Us, of The Eternal Enemy by Christopher Pike. Thank you for listening. And tune in next time to find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of The Eternal Enemy. We love you. Bye. 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 Below Grade Level is a Cactus Radio production. You can contact us at podcast at cactusrodeo.com. Subscribe and follow on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, and follow Cactus Rodeo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more entertainment and updates.